This is the Retro MMG Show. My name is John, and uh, across the table from me is Tony. How's it going, Mr. Tony? It's me, dude. I'm going. I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how are you? I'm. I'm doing okay. Uh, it is the unofficial first day of spring. It was uh, 65 degrees. Yeah. Holy out today. shit! Right. March 5th. I had my windows down. Oh, I had our windows in the house windows open. Windows in the house open. Yeah, the whole house <laughs> fan was going, bringing some breeze in. I uh, pulled my car out, cleaned out the entirety of the uh, inside. Whoa, whoa, damn. Well, I kind of felt guilty about the, the state of my car because I have... I, you know, for a middle-class person, a pretty nice car, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a Toyota Highlander, and it's got all black leather on the inside of it, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, all the floors are black and all that stuff. So after four months of winter and salts oh, and mud man. and all that shit, yeah, it tends to look pretty grody. Who wants, to, <laughs> who wants to clean their car out in February or January, December for that matter, right. you know. You're going to be outside, unless you got some, you know, spacious garage where you can just pull it in and have the vacuum out and all that stuff. Your floor mats are all frozen Right, stiff. yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> and then, and then, like, the, even the carpet at the bottom is, like, covered in salt <laughs> residue and, yep. like, it's all hard as shit. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did today. Um, actually, I did a lot of stuff today. It was like a spring cleaning day. I woke up early and I uh, did an episode of the pod, polished it up and make sure it was uh, published for... Uh, uh, when it's supposed to go out on Monday, and mm-hmm. uh, then I cleaned the kitchen, I cleaned the bathrooms, God cleaned uh, the interior of my car, and then I said, I'm happy with my productivity today. Yeah, I'm man. Gonna, I'm going to chill. Ladies, he is not available. I am not available, ladies. <laughs> but one thing I am happy with uh, cleaning my the inside of my car is that we got a steamer. Oh, like that's a, a, a steamer, like because we're, 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 we're talking of, one for clothes or some kind of industrial. Uh, it's not industrial, but it's like for the floors and for like uh, oh, upholstery oh, and all your beds. Gotcha. It's supposed to kill germs and all that stuff. Right. Um, and I thought about, you know, because we wouldn't want to do the upholstery and all the carpets and everything. Just kind of get the old dog smell out of all of our <laughs> stuff, you know? Oh, yes. And, you know, old I'll, dog smell. Allegedly, you know, if you got like 150 degree steam on stuff, it's supposed to kill all the germs as long as you have it there I for, think so. you know, five seconds or whatever it is. And I was yeah. like, well, wait a minute. This might work on my the salt stains in my car right and i brought it out there and sure enough i just had to hold it over those for five seconds and boom all those salt states were (laughs) salt stains were gone i know what i'm doing Um, buy a steamer dude they're awesome or you can borrow mine i don't care (laughs) um but also what i uh, realized is how dirty the grout in my kitchen is you know like and the the, we all know what grout is right Mm -hmm. the stuff in between the kitchen tiles so you know i've laid a lot of tile in my day and kind of there's two schools of thought when picking out a grout color. Mm-hmm. It's either you want to contrast where, you know, you got like a black tile right. and like a white grout white, or yeah. vice versa. Or you want it to kind of blend in where the grout is kind of the same color as the tile. Um, you wouldn't notice that by looking at my kitchen floor uh, because I took the steamer to the grout and uh, it's white. <laughs> <laughs> and currently <laughs> it is black. <laughs> Makes you feel kind of gross walking on my kitchen floor. So that's the project for next weekend uh, is to yeah. take the steamer and all that disgusting crap. You never know how dirty you are as a person until you like discover those types of things, you know? Yeah, or uh, and, I, and I will say this, or you, if you, if you uh, have a couple of boys like I do, yeah, you know how much the thing they dude. piss yeah, outside of check the toilet, the back of the toilet, no, not See the back, the sides, the, the fronts, the bottom, everywhere, pretty much everywhere but the bowl. 
That's what the that's what the boys from age three. Uh, well, well, from when they start pissing in the toilet and they're standing up and aiming. Yeah, it's that's it. When they start up and standing, not, aim, yeah. not aiming uh, until they're about <laughs> seven. You know, from three to seven, it's just a piss for all. You know, in, yeah. in, in the bathroom. So, well, some would say even adult boys still. You know, get me a couple cocktails, and uh, <laughs> I might have the same uh, <laughs> the same ending as my uh, four year old or six year old yep. son. But he's getting better, and uh, I've got a steamer now, so I don't have to worry about all that. And it does kill germs, so. Hell yeah. That was what my Saturday consisted of. It was a beautiful day out. Oh, and I got my hair cut, too, so. You did, I see. Yeah. I'm looking like a military man. Got, you, <laughs> got your hair did. I'm, how, well, it's like, I can't ask this of you, because you uh, shave your head. I do. Um, but Which is know. also kind of halfway military, I guess. Yeah. At least militant. It's militant, I'll say that. <laughs> if you weren't Mexican, I called you a white supremacist. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm one of those people that uh, gets their haircut once a month, and I don't really care how oh, long really? it gets. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. I'm just like, once a month, I'll get it done, you know. And this past, it was like, yeah, I got it done in uh, January, but it was like the beginning of January, mm. <laughs> and then uh, the end of February. So it was like yeah, two I mean, months. I, I guess if you got hair, you can kind of let it go. Yeah, I've got hair, and I kind of let it go. Yeah, I can style it the way I need yeah, to. Yeah, I just, like, I shave every week, so, like, I can't go more than that. Like, my wife, she was like, why don't you, like, just give it another it week? Like, you know, you don't have to shave all the time. I'm like, yes, I do. All right, so let me ask you this. Are you ready to broadcast this on the air? <laughs> okay. Do you think you are losing your hair? Do I think I am? Yes. I don't know. I think I have a couple little spots maybe in the back here that are, okay. you know. I wouldn't know, though, until, like, I tried to grow hair. Okay. Thinning, probably, for sure. Yeah. Receding know. a little bit? Uh, I don't know. If receding, maybe. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> You're shaking your head? Yeah. A little, a little bit. <laughs> I've known you for 25 years, so it's like... I guess you would know more than me. I, yeah. I look at the same ugly face every day yeah, in the like, mirror, so... Shave that, shave that. Yep. No, no, the hell do I care? Yeah, well, it's like, I, you know, there's a whole Seinfeld episode where it's... Like oh, guys yeah, that yeah. Have, or the guy that, you know, shaves his head and then he... Elaine tells him to grow it out and... Oh my god, I'm going I'm bald. bald. Yeah, he eventually grows it out and yeah. realizes he's going bald, so he <laughs> had no idea. Yeah, it's probably something like that, maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of guys like that. You know, uh, uh, I know a few people like that where they just started shaving their head and they didn't know that they were. Yeah, because uh, I've been doing it since, you know, I was a teenager, so I don't even. Yeah, well, you've been doing it since I've known you. Because I remember yeah. you used to, the look that you used to have. You used to have the backwards hat. And the, <laughs> the Pugsley. Uh, the, the spiked front. The spiked front. Mm-hmm. Cold chamber uh, style. Yeah, yeah. loco. Bradley. <laughs> loco. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, I've got my hair cut and kind of feeling fresh and ready to do the pod. How about you, bro? Uh Yesterday I had a show that went pretty good. I, my cover band played out for the first time. Uh, we played at a place called Mickey Finn's, which uh, I had never been there before. Really? Um, I, with my bands, I usually play out west. You know, maybe north. This is the first time I actually played like out east. And uh, out east. <laughs> went, <laughs> well, you know, it ain't New York. <laughs> no, I mean. China. Illinois. Yes, Illinois. exactly. And, uh, you know, I went in there and the place was already packed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, like, that's that kind of place. Mickey Finn's is that kind of a place. Yeah. It's always and packed on every day. Even night. when, like, so when it got closer to playing time, you know, they were, as the people were finishing eating, they were removing tables to make the dance floor. But 
it just stayed pat. It didn't matter, like, at all times. And it was uh, a lot of fun. I mean, you know, cover bands are, are my jam, I think. Yeah, you said you said that to me a while a while ago because you've been in a few original bands. Yep, yep. And at one, at one point in your career, you said, "I'm not making any money with these original bands. I think we're yeah. we're turning our wheels too much, um, and not getting as much out of it that we're putting into it." So, <clears throat> oh yeah, you look at all these cover bands that are touring all over the place. It's like yeah. I know of the band Blackened. Why do I know of the band Blackened? Exactly. You know, because they're a Metallica cover band. You right, know, right. Um, and you're like, well, that's where the money's at. You know, if you're a musician and you want to make some money at it and you're good, you know, just find, do a cover band. People like yeah, the hits. Yeah, people I like mean, the hits. And essentially, this is where, you know, guys that have been doing original bands forever, this is kind of our retirement home. Yeah. I guess if you want to put it that well, way. Well, would you rather do this or play in a state <laughs> fair? It's either you can just <laughs> give up playing entirely or mm-hmm. you can still have fun with some you know, good musicians, and that's normally the case is any musicians that cover professionally, they're usually pretty damn good. Yeah, well, so, you'd have to be if you have a following, like a band like Blackened or right. the men, the plethora of bands out there that are, you know, yeah. noticeably good cover bands, you know. And usually if you're pretty good at your equipment, you don't really just sell it and give up on it. Right. You know, you want to keep going and at least do something right you have it you know it's like you don't want to start over if you get that itch again yeah Mm -hmm. i've been there i definitely like called it quits one time in my career really back when and i don't know it i a year later i was like i shouldn't have done that (laughs) (laughs) you get the itch again you know so well i'm kind of at that because you know i'm out of the the trades now but i like to build furniture still like almost everything in my house is built by me it's awesome like on my you know entertainment centers and all that stuff my 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 son my older son his desk his dresser his bed and i built it all Um, but now i'm like not in that world a whole lot anymore Mm -hmm. i still kind of am but I'm more of the, I want to park my car in the garage, and I'd like my wife to come park her in the garage. Especially in the wintertime. Yeah, especially in the wintertime. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I don't really think I'm doing any side jobs anymore. I don't really want to do side jobs. Right. I don't want to. I know at one point, everybody was already, always asking you for stuff. Right. And and like, at this point, I'm like, All right, no. no. Yeah, yeah no. or it was like, pay up front. Well, it's, well it wasn't, it's not pay up front. It's like I value my time a lot more <clears> than my kids are older and I actually have fun with them now rather yeah. than being babies. And it's just like, God, your damn kids are a chore. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, I value my time a little bit more than I used to. I don't really need the money as much as I used to. So, like, I literally had someone call me that I've always used to do work for. Can you help me with it? And it's almost like doing a favor, even though she's going to pay me. But I almost want to tell her, no, I really don't want to. Like, (laughs) like, let me check my schedule. I'll get back to you. And you're just... (laughs) We're going to the zoo that day. Sorry. (laughs) Something like that. So I'm thinking about, you know, selling all my tools, you know, the majority of them. Not my oh, fur- really? Well, not my furniture making uh, tools, yeah, but yeah. like the Sawzalls and like the mm-hmm. rough saw, the, the rough, rough saws yeah, and you, like yeah. the framing nailer that I got. It was like, I'm, I really don't ever want to have that again, you know. Sure. I, I don't want to have a need to use it, but if, I, you know, if I buy another house, you know, or, we, you know, we leave this, we get a new house. Mm-hmm. I want to do something with it. I'd like to have it there, you know, because, A, I know how to use it well. And B, it's, it's true. You know, it's. You know, that's, I don't want to have to buy it again. You yeah. Know? So as much as you, uh, you know, were sell, wanted to sell, you're like, I'm out of the game. And I was like, I'm starting to think I'm out of the game, you know. It's true. And I always hated guys that said, called it the game. You know? The game. 
But I, I'm uh, slowly inching out of the game. I'm doing side work, and I'm just kind of focused on my family, my my primary job, and uh, trying to do that. And you know, if I, I don't know, I'm gonna make the decision soon. I keep all my finish tools, like my routers and stuff, like the make moldings and stuff. But mm -hmm. that's a story for another day. Yeah. Plus, uh, we're using our extra time to do the podcast. Indeed. Uh, speaking of the podcast, we yeah. are doing a podcast, and we are talking about uh, bands that both Tony and I adore, because why would we talk about any other band? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going to talk about Hall & Oates on this uh, podcast. No, we're no, talking we're about not. Tool today. Tool. Yes, Tool is a band uh, that both Tony and I have enjoyed for many, many years. Yep. Uh, they are a band that formed in Los Angeles in 1990, and the group's lineup includes vocalist Maynard James Keenan, guitarist Adam Jones, and drummer Danny Carey. Justin Chancellor has been the band's bassist since 1995, replacing the original bassist Paul Diamore. Uh, Tool has won four Grammy Awards and performed worldwide tours and produced albums topping the charts in several countries. Uh, that's the first uh, paragraph in the most trusted name in news <laughs> and information in facts, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, but I think we can. that's a good starting point for us to talk about the band Tool. Um, I've said on the show, and you said in the show, we've always talked, I think our Guitar Hero episode, we talked about when's the first time you heard of Tool. Yeah. Um, the first time I heard of Tool was on Beavis and Butthead. Oh really? Watching the videos, you know the yeah the, yeah the Undertale little... video and the prison sex yeah, video, yeah. you know, and that was my first in, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, introduction to Tool. And they're quite known for their videos. Yes, especially you you know they never appear in them. No. Um, and they have those three videos by Fred Stir, the famous claymation stop motion animation. I don't like that term claymation. It almost sounds, uh, yeah, you know, diminishing his his. <laughs> Stop his genius, motion. you know, at stop motion animation. It's like we can all remember, gotcha. like, there's that old guy from the 50s and 60s, Ray Harryhausen, who used to do all, like, the Jason and the Argonauts, you know, the skeletons with the, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> that was stop motion. Um, but he was, you know, Fred Stewart was really good in stop motion. And RIP, I didn't bring up his, uh, his, uh, his page, but I think he passed away sometime in the 2000s. RIP Fred Stewart. He's done a lot of uh, uh, stop motion animation videos. For Tool and uh, Sepultura and uh, Green Jelly. Green Jelly, Green Jello. Same band, just yeah. changed their name. Just trademarked, infringed. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that, some say that that's kind of the start of all of it right there, that band. Yeah, I, and I would say so too. Um, you know, Green Jelly was a, you know, LA band. Um, really all how it started was Adam Jones and Tom Morello, how they were, how they were friends and, uh, just, you know, they knew each other. And then there was just like this conglomeration of musicians that would all jam together. You yeah. know, each of them had a band here, each of them had a band there in the early 1990s. And a lot and, of them all like lived together. And right. Shit. You know, it was, that, that seems to be like a, an ever a running theme, running theme that these bands that are gigantic always kind of grew up in some kind of house together with many other musicians. Right. Look at the Seattle scene with uh, <clears throat> yeah. you know, Alice in Chains and Mother Love Bone. And, yeah. Um, it's like, oh, you, you're totally broke. Don't have a place to stay. Come stay with me. And right. Yeah. We'll they're jamming together. in the living room and shit. Mm -hmm. you know? We'll do drugs and uh, <laughs> make <laughs> yeah. some music. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> lots but, of drugs. Lots of drinking. There's always an ulterior motive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not? if you but if you're good musicians, you know you all, they all seem to find each other, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think they, uh, you know I think we both watched that same documentary. The, I don't want to call it document. I guess we can call it a documentary. It's like a YouTube 40 minute 
uh, movie mm-hmm. about the forming a tool and yeah. uh, the connections like that they had with thing, yeah. yeah with Green Jelly. And I never knew that before watching that. I didn't know how close they were with Green Jelly. I mean, we mm-hmm. all know the Three Little Pigs. It's super yeah. iconic, you know. I could I could tell you that I could if you pointed out the album cover, I could tell you it's called Serial Killer and. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you another name of any song on that nope. album, or tell you I, I've heard that song before, or anything. It's Three Little Pigs. That's all I know. Yep. But you know, any you know young metal fan uh, in the early '90s and you know late '80s, they know that they know they that know song. Everything. They know that video more so. Yeah. Um, so that's where they kind of started, and. Uh, you know, Maynard was working at a pet shop. Am I correct? Yeah, yep. Maynard was working mm-hmm. at a pet shop, and he just got he, tired of it. Right, he just got tired of it. <laughs> I want to be in a band. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he had an interesting look uh, in those early days. He had like a mohawk, long. Uh, it wasn't mohawk, but it was you know he had it was he it was striper. I would call him. You know, striper. <laughs> he had and he had like that widow's peak, like vampires. Yeah, head, yeah. You know? It was very weird. Now I don't know if that was in. I was. I think it was more intentional rather than oh, yeah, his yeah. natural hair. Because even yeah. like yeah, he would bring you know his his hairline all the way back, really expressive and, yeah it seemed like know. his mohawk was almost like connecting his eyebrows almost. i mean maybe there was an inch and a half in between that was one of his of more hideous peak. looks yeah it was it wasn't flattering but hey at the time it probably you know was pretty edgy well i feel maynard is the type that didn't was purposely trying to either like make himself kind of uglied up or yes you and, know just didn't really care obviously if You've heard Maynard interview at all or hear him talk of anything like he's a very uh He's a very eccentric, interesting, yeah, eccentric, eccentric <laughs> interesting. I don't give a crap what anyone says about me yes. or my music or anything. He's a very interesting person because he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. Famously, he does a lot of Joe Rogan interviews. I don't know if you've seen it, yeah. caught, caught any of I think he's done Joe Rogan like four or five times. Talking about wine. Talking about wine, amongst other things, and <laughs> yeah. jiu-jitsu. You know, he, he was in the Army for a while, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, and then he, you know, he does, like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't know if he's a black belt or whatever. I didn't go that deep on his, you know, wow. mixed martial arts career. But there famously, there was that one video of that fan at a show coming up on stage mm-hmm. and uh, uh, trying to hug him, and he just puts him in, like, this triangle <laughs> on stage, and he keeps singing the entire time, like, petting his head. While this this dumb fan is like thinking he's you know having a moment and like he just looks like an ass and then so eventually no, I'm gonna snap your neck. He does a rear naked choke on him and rides him like a like a bitch, you know. And he's just rear naked he's just, choke. He's like riding him. It's, it's the most embarrassing thing if you're the dude on the ground. I bet. But it's the, one of the most funniest things you'll see. <laughs> and that's kind of how Tool is. There's a lot of you know the 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 name Tool is is a dick. You know, essentially that's kind of what it is and there's a lot of different metaphors and meanings behind what tool means according to maynard and the rest of the bandmates but at the end of the day yeah it's a dick tool it's a dick (laughs) use it how you need to use it (laughs) and you know and that's what a lot of the band members say about their music you know and why they don't do a whole lot of uh, TV appearances. They don't do a whole lot of interviews. Is because they want people to come to their live shows. They want yep. people to experience it as yep. as it is, rather than um, you know this amalgamation of you know producers and uh, uh, publicists and you know TV people trying to turn what they are what what their focus of their music is into something what it isn't. And mm-hmm. I, and that's something to admire about them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because. Uh... You know they that they've been that way since day one. So like even when they got like 
their record deal and stuff. They took like less money to have more control yeah. over like the music and everything. So, you know, that's a, that says a lot, you know, most people would be far more, you know, comfortable taking a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of money and, you know, just kind of doing what they're told. But yeah. And, and, you know, there's, and I can, I can see both aspects of it. You know, if you're a good musician, someone willing to pay you a shit ton of money to go on tour and do this and, you actually get the return on that and it makes you a millionaire good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a band like Tool that you know, that, that you know, foregoes a lot of that money to have more control over their music and you span a 35-year career right. and you know that, that career spawns off into other things, different projects and all that, you know, if you can withstand that with your principles, then good on you too, you know? Yeah, but not to say that because they did that made anything easy. They've no. dealt with tons of uh, bullshit l- lawyer stuff, yeah. uh, litigation. They've had just massive problems, but somehow we're still able to make it through. Yeah. You know? And at their darkest time, you know, that's when Maynard goes and does his uh, huge uh, side projects. Right. Perfect circle. Perfect and circle. circle. And... Yeah. And everyone's just going. All right, we'll just. Uh, How about know. Tool? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they're just. I think they just believe in themselves, and they they know what product they can put out. And some people may not have that confidence. No, not at all. And I think that's one of the, uh, like the most admirable admirable things about Tool is yeah. that they, you know, for all the. And that's another song I want to bring up. And it was on the item album. He's like, I saw a boy wearing Vans, drinking Coke, and he called me a sellout or something. And I'll bring it up up here. And it's like, they are the, like the least sellout band in like the, the history of bands. Like they've yeah. never used their music for advertising. They've rarely gone to TVs. <clears throat> they don't fall into the Hollywood trap, even though they're from L.A. You know, they're formed mm-hmm. in L.A., not, not necessarily from L.A. Um, but they, yeah, they've never like fallen into that trap of fame and fortune and uh, drug addiction for that matter you know mm-hmm. as far as I know I didn't see it I, don't, I haven't read a whole lot of stuff about no. you know falling out of members because they're addicts they're true artists you know and they're they're dedicated their craft and and what a lot of the audience is going to see is we're gonna play some uh, 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 excerpts of some of their songs is that they they do evolve with their with their music you know. Yeah. Um, and they don't care, you know. No. <laughs> Maynard James <laughs> Keenan has care. famously talked shit to his fans, <laughs> yeah. you know, saying, I don't care. You guys, are the, you, you, you hardcore Tool fans are some of the biggest jerk-offs on the planet, yeah. you know. And he, just, he, they... re, he retracted it, too. He was yeah. like, that's not what I meant, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. They just understand that, you know, there's a lot of bands out there, especially in their earlier years, that were kind of like, fake you know or very cooker cookie cutter type you know music and they were just one of those bands that were so big but yet you know complicated and you know dark and you know all that stuff that really just allowed them to grow and change and you know, no matter what anybody said, and, we're gonna do our thing, and I'm there, you know, and you're gonna pay us to do it too, you know. Yeah. And that, yeah. and I think that's why they persevere is because you're, we're gonna do what we want, and you can have your little you know sayings in it. We're not gonna do it, but you're gonna pay us good money to pay yeah. to play wherever we want, uh, play when whenever we want, and you're you're gonna pay us whatever whatever we right. want, you know. Um, yeah, I think that was a lot to do. Also, like 
you know, because they didn't go digital, they were really hard on like, we want people to get the package that we've spent, you know, however much money having artists and all these people make this fantastic, you know, CD package and all yeah. this like lateralis and 10,000 days. And, right. You know, they're just really cool. And, you know, you lose that if you're just doing a digital thing, you know. So Right. It's just all up in the ether. It's not physical, you know. Right. And, 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 you know, there's themes that in Tools Music where they go between the physical and the metaphysical and the dream state and the shadow state and... And the Fibonacci sequence, you know, it's, 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 yeah. the tool takes it's, it's pretty deep, is it, what we're saying. Yeah, the tool takes, <laughs> and I, I wish I would have uh, came up with this, and or, or came up with it. I wish I would have looked this up, but they do have a song that follows the sequence of the Fibonacci sequence. Do you know what the Fibonacci sequence is? I could barely even say the word. All right, well, it's the you know, it's a math equation. It's like you start with one, and then you put one next to it, right? Well, one plus one is two, right? Well, then you take the next number is two, then one plus two is three, then three plus two is five, five plus three is eight, and so on and so on, and to infinity. And they came up with a chord progression that follows that uh, Fibonacci sequence. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard that, and I wish for the audience I would have came up, you know, shown the uh, actual song manifestation it. of that oh, okay. and, and the okay. song and all, all that and i apologize to everybody those you know there, there's so much to talk about with tool and i've had oh, so yeah. much in my Jesus. head i'm like all right i want to talk i want to hit this beat i want to hit that beat i want to hit that beat and i'm like oh. ooh, this you know and i apologize it's too hard to look it up and look it up for yourselves because <laughs> uh, i think it'll be boring pod to uh, look it up my, right now <laughs> yeah. but it's 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 very interesting you know you talk about selling out and all that stuff that um, and I'm not accusing this next band I'm going to talk about of, of selling out. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But um, they came up with Rage Against the Machine. Adam Jones and uh, Tom Morello mm -hmm. went to Harvard together, right? Isn't that correct? They went to their college or Something they like met that. in college or... They definitely, like, met came up, like, the whole youth. band and two, like, the two, they toured together. Right. And... Yeah. You look at Rage Against the Machine right now. You know, when, they, when Rage Against the Machine... Machines... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine first started, you know, they were the fuck the system, fuck this, the, you know, it's all uh, a lie, it's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, very, very political bands, um, but now they're playing shows backed by, you know, Chase Bank and <laughs> Capital One, and I'm like, <laughs> how much of the system are, is really yeah. are you against, you know? And they're obviously multi, multi, multi-millionaires, and it's like... I don't recall Tool ever doing something like that, you know, like being sponsored by Chase Bank, you know. So that's where Rage kind of that. that's where Rage kind of lost me on it, you know. Tom Morello in, in particular, he got a little bit way too political, a little bit way too out there with it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it comes with age, and maybe it comes with you know. And then at one point too, like even when they were touring, and you know, Tool was still doing a bunch of shows, and Rage was at some point Rage fizzled out, and they just were over yeah know? so it's kind of like even at that time you know tool still you know even though that was a band they came up with and toured with and almost kind of compared to right yeah. you know it was like they still beat all those bands and no i wonder if that was a thing with rage is that you know since they you know broke up and you know della roca did a couple other things you know obviously the, uh, the other guys did audio slave with chris cornell yeah. I wonder if it was like somebody came up to him here. Here's you know fifty million dollars to split amongst you four. Do another tour, you know. Well, I'd like to retire. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. 
Well, we're gonna stamp, stamp Chase Bank on all your uh, <laughs> on all your tour names. <laughs> you so. have to put Chase Bank on your drum heads. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. <laughs> now, I might be speaking out of turn or not. Like, I've not done a whole lot of research. This is all Twitter bullshit from retarded right wing, you know, jerk offs. <laughs> and I'm not an extremely right wing person, so. But I'm pretty sure it's 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 kind of true with them. But at any rate, this is about tool. <laughs> So yeah, that's you know, you know, rage is what rage is. But yeah, again, this is a tool, uh, a topic of discussion, and you know, it's like so. Yeah, I heard, first heard of them, you know, through Beavis and Butthead watching their videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, was super scared by them, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's where my first impression of Tool was. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I get that too, especially with those videos. Man, they're damn near creepy. They're disturbing. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard. Uh, you know, the album Opiate, that was the first one, and it was given to me by um, my bass player and her husband. Um, it was more like, check this band out, and I didn't have, like, a case or anything. It was just the disc. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, and when I played it, I was just, like, blown away. I was like, holy shit. You know, I was so, you know, influenced by drummers at that point. Mm-hmm. So to hear him and then, you know, just those handful of tracks that are, like, live, you know, and he's right. so, like, band is so perfect playing that and um, sounded so great. I was just, like, floored, and you, you had to hear what was next when they came out with, like, Undertow. Right. That was a huge thing, and, you know, those first, like, couple albums, you know, it was, like, big and bigger. <laughs> they were. They, they, they really were, you know, uh, you know. The first album, Opiate, yeah, it was like a five, five song EP. They had a couple mm-hmm. live songs in there. One of the you know more uh, uh, disturbing songs in there, and it, it had, did have one of those disturbing videos was Prison Sex, you know. Yeah. And looking up, look at the lyrics to Prison Sex. It kind of goes back and forth from a person doing some raping and then the person mm. getting raped. You know, oh, it's, yeah. 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 It's fun for the family. It's fun for the whole family, family fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's disturbing, and like I was showing it to my wife uh, earlier. She's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" I heard this song, but I didn't know it was about that. And I'm like, "Yeah." That's because you know the thing with Maynard, dude. I mean, He'll he talk- has like the voice of an angel. He you does. know what I mean? You know, it he- is as good as it is on a studio album. He does it that good live. Yeah. Like he's never. You hear a lot of singers struggle to do what they did on the album live so sometimes they'll you know drop their pitch to right the, you know the key, to, yeah. yeah so this way they're not you know uh, you know overexerting you right, know what they, i mean yeah they, they start low so to kind of save their voice throughout the show but mm-hmm. maynard doesn't do that man he hits like everything he's got such a strong voice and you know sometimes you forget that whatever it is he's talking about is pretty crazy and wild but you know just like a lot of songs you're just singing with it because it sounds so amazing and yeah it's gritty it's super gritty i'll say that i don't know if that makes sense uh because you know there's you know they got a lot of like like a a string scratching in a lot of their songs like Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 yeah. you know they they do what they can to try and make other noises or other sounds or music outside of uh, what a guitar or a bass or a drum set will do well, that's a, like like Danny Carey. If you ever see like YouTube of just 
maybe just him doing drum uh, uh, parts. You know, like if you were to look up, uh, you know, Danny Carey, like drum camera or something like that, mm-hmm. it shows him like just him playing. And you see behind him, you know, he's got like all types of electronics computers and synth you know stuff that maybe he only uses one time in a whole show right but he just but it is like a mountain of (laughs) shit behind him that isn't even like pertaining to us but then he also has like hybrids with like pads and shit all throughout his drum kit and stuff so he's you know does a lot of those electrical sounds just just him you know and and just to have it there and yeah he may not use it but uh he has it there because he wants it yeah (laughs) He wants it to be available, and yeah, maybe, maybe he'll use it, maybe he won't. He did it one thing in one song, so he's got to have it. So yeah, their first album was called Opiate. Uh, it was five songs. Uh, it is named after a quote by Karl Marx. You know who Karl Marx is? The Communist Manifesto yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, religion is the opiate of the masses. Oh my. Yeah, and that's you can see the themes in there. You know, Even on the album cover, it's a priest. With his hands closed and mm-hmm. his eyes all, you know, bugged out and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. So, and, and and that's what they are. They were like, in in the early '90s, you know, and the late '80s. You know, it's it's like shocking the religious right or the the moral right. What is, what's the word I'm looking for? The moral majority uh, uh-huh. when like the, you know, the explicit lyrics label started coming out. And oh right, right, right. I think right. they're just trying to, you know. Push it in the Push face of the moral majority, you know. <laughs> yeah. And good for them. You know, a lot of bands did that. You know, a lot of rappers did it. You know, like famously, I think N- NWA, time, NWA yeah. was one of the first guys to have that right. label on their, on their album. And good for them. I'm glad that... Um, you know, musicians from different backgrounds are like, you know, screw you. You know, we're going to put out whatever we want. We don't, if you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. Don't label us explicit, you know. It's like, listen to it or don't listen to it. <laughs> Um, so I, think yeah. that, I think that happened mostly, or, or at least a, a lot of it was like to sell their music in stores like Walmart and shit. You know, you had to have that yeah. on there. Right, so, yeah. I don't know the exact history, but that sounds about right. Yeah, Something of, like that. Yeah, not, maybe yeah. not exactly, but yeah, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to sell to the, you know, quote-unquote masses... You had to yeah. make sure that the children were protected and, <laughs> and all that. Or at least warned. You got to at least warn them. But um, yeah, okay. So Opiate features seven songs spanning six tracks, two of which are live recordings. Most of the versions of the EP feature the hidden seventh song called "The Gaping Lotus Experience." <laughs> On CD versions, the song is hidden at the end of the last track of the album. Oh, talk Opiates. about something that was like used and abused in the 2000s hidden tracks hidden tracks yeah man. tool did it like what was it in the 99th track on Inema or yeah Ina, i Inema, mean whatever it's called just do your shit I right mean, like what's all this hidden i think the first time in? yeah the first time i heard it i think was corn i think the first time i heard it was the one on, on okay Inema and yeah i'm not sure uh you know who kind of started all that but all of a sudden it was like everybody was doing it you know right. even, like, even like local bands and shit we're trying to be like, oh, let's, let's have a hidden let's track. Do a hidden track. And it's not even a song. It's like some yeah. stupid bullshit yeah. behind the scenes. It's like stuff. when the music stops, people are hitting stop and right. pulling out your disc. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? What you want to be about the secret club <laughs> that had to hit you know, you know to the 90, 79th track or on, on your stupid yeah. CD? Yeah. Yeah, it was get super gimmicky, but you know, good on uh, the first guys to do it. Uh, tool. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. 
so along with Undertow, many of the, and again, I'm going to be reading heavily off of this, just because uh, I'm not just going to copy it down and read it off, you know, that's not off of my notes, you know. Uh, Opiate to be the band's heaviest album. Would you say that? It's the heaviest album? I, don't, I wouldn't say that. Um, I'd say it's the more rock and metal oriented. I think at that time they were just kind of pigeonholed as like metal. Right. You even like I've seen interviews with them that hated the metal people label. trying to like put them in some kind of you know, so they would say, Oh, you're rock or metal or, or something like that and they're mm-hmm. just like, We hate those labels, but I guess if you gotta put us somewhere, you know, but they're really not like metal. They definitely have like heavy parts and like fast parts, you know. There'd be parts where Danny carries like double basin and stuff, but it always has like a structure of like you know rock. You know, it's just not metal like Slayer. Some, yeah, what or, some yeah. people would consider yeah. metal. A purest, metal. a purest metal head right. would not consider tool a metal a metal right. band. And I, w- I would agree with that. I don't think they're a metal band, but and I don't know if this this album was like their heaviest. But I think it's it's the most consistent, you know. The, the, like a lot of the songs follow the same kind of themes, like they follow the same chord progression. They follow the same, um, you know, song structure and the same heavy distortion in a lot in a, in a lot of yeah. it. Uh, would I call it metal? No, probably. It's, I call it heavy rock. I think it was know? just maybe a little more raw, like yeah, than their other albums, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's because like it's their first one. I mean, All right. Uh, any favorite songs off of Opiate? Oh boy! I mean, I love that whole album, so I can't. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, good with song titles, so I probably no one's good uh, with song titles. Hush yeah. is a good one, uh, and Cold and Ugly. That's the live one. Jerk Off is the live one. Hush is a good one. I like that one. Is Jerk Off is that the one where he's like this Bob Marley son of a bitch or whatever he says? Something no, like that, that one doesn't come on until uh, um, uh, uh, Undertow. No, no, I no, know that's I know opiate. No, yeah, because it's they're playing. Oh, live. the Bob. Oh, I was thinking the Bill Hicks thing. I'm, no, no, my bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Where he like makes be. fun of some. Get guy this Bob Marley motherfucker out of, out here. of here! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I forget the track listings. I'm not going to go through. Yeah, we we yeah. do have some songs pulled, but I don't think I have anything off of. Uh, no, uh, but the, of I mean, opiate. if you're not a Tool fan now, like that is a great intro to them. It very much is because you can see where they started from, and like to listen to their last album, there's quite an evolution from Tool. Right. You know, that's one thing you but can they're say. Fr- is- I, I say, like, you know, as far as Opiate, like, you know, those first couple of like full length albums and, and that one aren't like crazy far apart, other than maybe like a handful of like strange songs here and there. But, um, you know, if you start with Opiate, it's really going to get you to listen to, like, Undertow. Undertow was another one where it's like, you know, th- there's maybe more just rock songs mm-hmm. as Absolutely. opposed to, uh, you know, those they have their little strange one or two minute pieces, you know, and then all of a sudden it goes into another song or... Yeah, and, know, some... <laughs> and I will. I, I would almost say that you know. Let's move into Undertow now because Undertow is their second album that they released in nineteen. 
93 by Zoo Entertainment, their first album or the first record label that mm-hmm. uh, the Simon and still is still produced by the same woman that did it first. Uh, they were just super pr- uh, impressed with what she did, mm-hmm. uh, so they brought her on to. Plus, uh, I think she did uh, one of Green Jelly's uh, albums too, and that's why they used her. But when they did when they signed with that label, they actually did sign with it uh, for Opiate too, but. Mm-hmm. They signed for, like, full-length albums. Right. So when they decided to do an EP, it actually didn't even count as an album. Right. So Undertow was so their first album. So Undertow to, mm-hmm. to that, yeah, to that label is the first album. Right. You know what I mean? Which, so. Eh. I mean, say what you want about the record industry. They're a bunch of shysters. <laughs> they're shysters. They thought yeah. they were getting away with something. Right. You know, but I think longevity really... You know, made yeah. tools tool the winners. I think absolutely. Um, uh, so yeah, same producer for Undertow. Uh, it had let me check the track listings. Ten um, uh, tracks in that: uh, Intolerance, Prison Sex, Sober, Bottom, Crawl Away, Swamp Song, Undertow, Four, Flood, and Disgustipated. <laughs> and I love Tool because they're very you know eclectic and. You know, creative with a lot of their stuff, um, but disgustipated. Eh, I don't like the name of that song. Whatever. I would. I would always like. So a lot of people use Spotify, right? You know. Sure. Um, I actually, just as a side, it was a long time ago where I was like, "Where does where do people actually listen?" Because I was a Pandora listener for a long time because mm-hmm. they were one of the first ones. You know, sure. I, they yeah. were there mm-hmm. before Spotify and everything. Mm-hmm. So I just never quit because you know I just kept listening to them. Right. And then I put a Facebook poll out there, like, where do you guys listen to your music from, Spotify or Pandora? And it's like 98% of people were at Spotify. Right, know? yeah. And then two people were at Amazon Music, and maybe one person said Pandora out of, like, 50 people. I was yeah. like, okay, I guess I'm the old man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, like, myself, like, I know all these albums pretty well, and I know which songs I like the most. And mm-hmm. if you have the ability to, like, create a playlist and just put, you, you know, those songs on your own playlist... You can kind of skip through some of those like weirder songs or those like, like I said, those like long intros to songs mm-hmm. that are like their own track, you know, and shit yes. like that. Um, this uh, this was their only full album release with the original bassist. Yep. Yeah. Uh, quit can... like while they're on tour and. Yep. They actually said they they were kind of proud of him in a way because. He was able to walk away from like all the money and all mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, it's kind of keeps everything. with the theme of Tool, you know? right? Yeah, <laughs> they like, were screw this. He, and and they also said he was like a real pain in the ass, like as far as like especially in the studio. But anybody around the band always said that like the worst thing about that band was him. Yeah, and he was the one kind of like dragging him down, even though. At that time, you really can't see any of that, especially right. as a fan or anything. You don't know any of that. Well, if you're playing, you know, shows and you're on tour, how is anybody dragging anybody down? You know? <laughs> right. It's like you're on tour for, you know, and they're eight so like behind the scenes, like you know what I mean? They right. nobody, you know, they're very have a lot of mystique to them. So you know, yeah, they keep. I'm sure they keep a lot of that shit quiet. Oh yeah, you very know? close to the vest. Right. Um, comedian Bill Hicks. A big part of the inspiration of this album. Uh, they were good friends with the band, uh, and I didn't. Well, I think you might be poised better to talk about the uh, re- relationship for, with Bill Hicks and uh, Tool. 
Are you? Me? Yeah. Not because so much. You I'm watched not a, the uh, you watched the document the documentary that I did not. I did, but it was mostly just like they talked about like he was a fan, and they were a big fan of his comedy. Um, they, at one point in his career, and in their career, they kind of like had the same philosophies. Yeah, they're extremely subversive. You know, they right. they went against the mold pretty much with whatever anybody wanted. You know, right. a lot of people compared Bill Hicks to Lenny Bruce in the fifties and sixties. You know, it just like he's going to say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He, you know, it, 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 you know, Bill Hicks did not have this political alignment. And he could say on the surface he did, but he just saw all the bullshit for what mm-hmm. it was, you know. And that's kind of how Tool was. They saw all the bullshit. It's like all the left and right political fighting. It's all bullshit, <laughs> you know. All the war, famine, you know, look outside your house and birds yeah. are chirping. Enjoy yeah. your fucking life, you know. It's like st- turn off the fucking news and go outside, you know. That's, that's really a- it, man. If you, don't, if you don't pay it, like, if you're not online or watching uh, news or really like trying to pay attention you can really just kind of enjoy life a little better but it wasn't it wasn't entirely about that it's 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 more and this is my own interpretation it's like be aware but notice know that you're being lied to by a lot of these guys you know know that there's something going on there and find your own information from it you know you can glean some you know bits of truth here and there but know that you're being lied to pretty much on a 24 7 basis so walk outside enjoy the sun shining enjoy the birds singing and enjoy some tool on the radio, you know. That's you know, kind of, I think that's kind of I'm good with that, especially at. to not get overly political about anything. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't mean to make this a overly political podcast, <laughs> but you know, Bill Hicks was a pretty political person, so mm-hmm. we kind of have to touch on it a little bit. Yeah, uh, and especially with his relationship with Tool, which is our, our yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, and you know, Henry Rollins was on this was on this album. Mm-hmm. Was it this album or was it Ainema? It was, uh, it was in that song. It was like naked and fearless. Fearless, naked. It's undertow. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was the album that you know he like they were gambling or something, and he lost three three grand to uh, uh, the guys from Tool. So then, rather than cut an IOU, Henry really? Rollins had to uh, sing a track on their, uh, on their new album. So yeah, that's how Henry Rollins ended up on. Oh yeah. They didn't even song. mention that on that documentary. They just sh- you know, showed that they had done some touring with them and then yeah, yeah. I, they, they showed a, like a, a video of him doing the, the studio vocal work. parts, yeah. the studio parts. I thought that was cool, but mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know, uh, that is a, that's actually a better story. Yeah, man. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like, God, Henry Rollins got a little too big for his You bridges. owe us, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I don't want some IOU. Mm-hmm. You know, because Henry Robin, Ro- Rollins famously was, you know, broken in a van for a long time, you know, touring in the 80s. And yeah. I'm sure at this point he had some money in his pocket, but... Yeah. Um, I think it was just a mutual agreement, you know. Like, I think he was still riding high off of his, uh, what was that one hit that he did? Uh, Liar. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I think at that, that time too. that that was his big song. Because again, shit, another I beat, even point another out another. Me, me well, I, I not off the top of my head, yeah, but if no. you said, oh yeah, 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 I'd be able to tell yeah. you that. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> liar, another Beavis and Butthead intro. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> liar. Liar. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, Undertow, the album art was designed by Adam Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the photos, the liner notes of a nude obese woman, a nude thin man, and band members with pins in the sides of their heads generated controversy resulting in the album being removed from stores such as Kmart and Walmart. The band reacted by releasing another version which depicted a giant barcode on a white background. <laughs> the version of the album included a note from the band. It came to our attention recently that many stores across our fine and open-minded nation would not stock Undertow because of our explicit artwork. Although we loathe being censored, we want your money. <laughs> that, that's crossed out. We still want to hear your. We still want you to hear our music, so we took it out. However, it is available to you at no extra cost. Fill out the <laughs> form, stick it in an envelope, mail it in, and we will send you the original artwork. Love tool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was we that were... like? Um, was that like on the inside of the? Yeah, it's probably a little okay. Minor notes, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that's certainly not the cover. So no, 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 not at all. Okay. Uh, the message on the photographs of the band members reads, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. I just want to start this over and say you won't go. This is love. I'll make weapons out of my imperfections. Lay back and let me show you another way. Only this own, one holy medium brings me peace. Well, that's too long. I, I don't really want to read the entire thing. <laughs> you got <laughs> halfway through it and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, man. It's just that's like a whole thing. other paragraph. Like, yeah, I get it. You're 27 and <laughs> yeah. you're super Son cool. Son of a bitch. Um, but, you know... I, I talk shit about 27-year-olds because I'm going to be 40 this year, yeah. you know, but there's plenty of 27-year-olds that have <laughs> made some of the most iconic music in his, yeah. the history of music, so who, who the fuck am I, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure, at some time in, in making music and, and, you know, at that point in time, 27 might even be, like, kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but here, here's why he had this uh, rambling thing in there. The songs, the lyrics contained in the passage are from appear in this order. Sober, crawl away, for prison, sex, flood. You know, it's all lyrics from the songs. That, oh, that was part you. of it. So that's why it sounds super rambling. Um, but, but, you know, they're never, you know, far from controversy. Fucking and, Maynard, and, dude. And, and, yeah, stupid, cryptic things <laughs> like that. And I say stupid just because it's like, if you're an artist, put out your art. Why are you going to hide things and, like, do that? Yeah, it's clever. I, I, I like that it's clever, you know? And, you know, you know I retract what I'm saying. I, I love Mater and the, the kind of stuff that he does to fuck with his fans and, and, and mess with the masses and mess with the recording industry. You know, it's good to push back on those kind of guys that are... He, the, the, and I think that's the overall thing about Tool is, like, they just mess with everybody you know, they're over their entire career. They release fake songs and fake titles and fake mm -hmm. and uh, fake lyrics for things, and they get leaked. And then everyone's pissed off that they didn't get. Everyone who leaked it gets pissed off that they didn't have the actual you know thing that was going to get <laughs> the recording that was going to release. You know, and they they've been good about that. Um, one of the most famous um, songs from that album undertow was sober and i think yeah we can just play a little bit from anyone who has not heard that song i'm pretty sure most of our audience has heard that song but it's got a famous opening bass riff we'll only play a few seconds of it and here it goes time in high school I was brought into the um, the music room 
and there was like a drum set there, and I was still pretty new at drumming, but when this song was popular, I played this drum beat, and everybody was like shocked as shit, you know, they were like, whoa, how'd you get, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> and I think you famously told me something about this drum beat, that it's like, it sounds super easy to play, but it's not that easy to play. Do you still have that kind of uh, attitude about that? Where it's, you're hitting that hi-hat in, in that super specific way, but then you're hitting the, the kick drum and the snare. Yeah, be- in well, like it, basically beat. what it is is your hi-hats are on an upbeat, mm-hmm. and the your snare and kick foot are... is doing you know, the downbeat with the bass, you know, uh-huh. the doo-doo, right. doo-doo. And then, you know, you're just, your snare's keeping that count going. So, But really, the hardest thing is just the upbeat and the hi-hats and, like, all the downbeats. Yeah, I've your... tried playing it, and I have a drum set, and I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be complicated. I'm, I'm no sure, drummer, but, but it's like, I try, and for the most I, part, I really it's can't do it. one of his, like, easier beats. You know right, well, I mean? he's a very so, complicated drummer, wouldn't you say? There was something I heard that... You know, because obviously I think he's one of the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have the respect of your band members is even is even better. Like mm-hmm. they were, I think Adam Jones was doing a interview, and at the very end of it, you know, they were talking about uh, some complex part, and he goes on to tell a story. He goes, uh, you know. There was a drummer from System of a Down and then this other drummer, I don't remember. Um, both tried to play this drum part that Danny Carey did. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they would get in the middle, they're going, is he like sampling part of this and like drumming over it? And, uh, you know, and I was like, no, man, that's all him. It's all him. And they were just like kind of blown away, you know, and Adam just kind of goes and he says real close to the mic and he goes, we have the best fucking drummer in the world. You know (laughs) what I mean? To have like that, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like respect amongst your... Of course. You know, it's a big thing, so... Well, especially amongst a band like Tool and a guitarist like Adam Jones and... uh, you know, and everybody knows that. You know, yeah. anyone in the mu- music world knows that Danny Carey's you know up there amongst the greats, <laughs> right. top ten. You know, I mean, I went and saw him at a Modern Drummer Festival when I was very young with my uncle. He took me out there. It was uh, in New York or Jer- New Jersey, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> basically, uh, it was an all-day festival. I saw drummers like everywhere. You know, White Zombies drummer just come walking past you. You know, oh, what nice. I mean, it was just such a cool environment and basically you know we sat and watched him uh you know he just it was just him and they would put his music over the sound system and yeah he just played a handful of songs and did some q a and it was just like so awesome he had a drum kit that was made by Peisty, so like all the drums were like gold like cymbals oh, of course you know what i mean just huge drum kit wow just, had a big gong behind him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll never forget that, man. That yeah. is just a, a, it's such an awesome experience, you know, especially just all drummers, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone, uh, you know, master of their craft and, and yes. uh, aspiring and everybody that was interested in do it. Yeah. 
that that's got to be something you, you'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else to say about uh, Undertow? Uh, I'll, I'll say that yeah, did I, I already do? Yeah, I already did the track listing. Uh, Prison Sex, weird song. They're all really good songs on there. You know, I I, I can't mm-hmm. really talk about any Tool song. And that's another thing about, you know, we've talked before about no, not knowing the names of the songs. You just throw the, the album in and you just listen to it. Yeah. Tool is very much one of those bands where yeah. there's no skipping involved. It's just like, let the album play. And most of the, all of the songs are really good. You know, there's, there's not like, ooh, what was that? Like, yeah. skip it, you know. It, but, you know, this is one of the, you know, all of the, most of their albums. I can't talk about their later albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this is another one of those albums where you can just let it play. And just groove. Yeah, and a big thing, man, like, when you buy these albums, like, on CD, yeah, they come, like, they got a cool booklet, usually have all the lyrics in the booklet, but, you know, when you're driving, you can't exactly pull a booklet out and start reading lyrics, right? right? Or the song names are, well, now, right, it's so. super easy with the, <laughs> every car's got a screen in it yeah. now, so the song title comes up, you're like, oh, that's the right. name of the song. <laughs> but yeah, there are definitely times, like, Spotify is really cool, because they have an automatic thing there that you can just press, and it'll show you all the lyrics. Right. Oh, really? For the songs, and yeah. In the car? Uh, yeah, like on, on your on app, phone? on the app, oh, okay. you know what I mean? If if you Obviously, if you have it. Yeah, I never go that deep car, into it. But it's I, really uh, cool to see. I, like myself, I didn't, I don't uh, follow a lot of lyrics, but every once in a while now, I hit that lyric page and actually read some of it. It's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of songs where you wish, I, you know, famously, there's a, there's, I think there's a book out called uh, uh, "Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy." And it's about you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, Jimi Hendrix. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. On how people always bam, mess bam, up. Bam. Right, and it's all how people always mess up famous lyrics, you know. Yeah. And I'm definitely guilty of it. You, I'm sure you are, and you're just sure. like, "How did I miss that?" It's when you start doing, it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, not you're even just, saying the lyrics. You're just, you're just filling just, it in. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know what he says, but yeah, I know what it sounds like. It fucking grooves, nice man. <laughs> sounds good to me. I ain't a karaoke. What do you right. want to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Just throw in a girl. And this is funny. It's like I always consider. Tell me, tell me what you think the name of the the technically second album by Tool is. No, I hate that you were going to put me on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot because okay, so like I always called it Inema, and I think that's it because. I did watch the documentaries, like I said, or, you know, at least the YouTube ones. And I was listening for how people would pronounce... As was I. ...the, the, the title, mm-hmm. and that's how they were doing it. Or they were putting some kind of fancier spin that... I, it was like Anima. Yeah. Anima. <laughs> right. And I've right. never heard Maynard or anyone but from the But I didn't hear anyone say Enema, which no. is <laughs> what but a lot of people call it. But with the, with the themes of the like, band, with the themes of the, of tool that they have amongst their entire catalog, you think it would be called Enema? Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what you're going cleansing get. of the ass. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean, or the bowels, whatever you want to call it. Yes, I know. That what sounds you mean. right about up uh, Tool's alley, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I I always call it Enema or Enema or. Uh, 
You see, I, I always change. I'm like, whoever I'm talking to, whatever. Right. I'm always waiting for them to. It's like, what do you call it? <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? Right. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to sound stupid, so I want to hear them call it. And But sometimes they say it's stupid, like, oinema. Oinema. Anima. <laughs> like, eh. Yeah, there is like but, at least a handful of ways that you can say that. Yeah, and I hate how confusing they make it being. You know, it's just like it's an album it's title. It's really just that one too. Yeah. You know, all uh, the yeah. other ones are pretty. Yeah, and it's you know the the big uh, confusion with everything is like the AE kind of mm-hmm. uh, thing that they do with it. I'm sure right. there's a, a name for that AE thing because I've seen it before. I'm sure somebody right now is listening to this screaming. You stupid you Americans. stupid idiots. <laughs> it's this. Uh, but either way, uh, this uh, band, uh, band uh, album was the second studio album by American Rock Band. Tool was released in vinyl format. Ooh, I did not know that. Uh, on September 17th, 1996, and in compact disc form on October 1st. 1996. Man, that's way ahead of time doing the record thing because that is super big now. Hell yeah, it is. Imagine if you had an original item of yeah. uh, a copy that Jesus. was released before the CD. I'm sure, that's worth a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Especially if you didn't take it out of the package. Right, or it's all sealed and everything. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. The album was recorded and cut at Ocean Way Recording in Hollywood and The Hook in North Hollywood from 95 to 96. The first album by Tool to feature bassist Justin Chancellor, mm-hmm. who replaced original bassist Paul D'Amour the prior year. The album was produced by David Buttrill. Um, the, the big story with that bass player, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they toured with his band. Yeah, he was an English in England, guy. Yeah. And basically, they called him up one day and said, Hey, you want to come, you know, audition and right. jam for us? And he was like, "No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no you really guys don't. are way too out of my element." And then I guess he talked to a friend, and his friend said, "Dude, what are you talking? You about? would be crazy." He's like, "Just try it, even if it's you suck, mm-hmm. even if you can't do it. What's the worst thing you're gonna enjoy some time?" All they can say is no. Yeah. So and he immediately like called back, and he's like. Would you guys be cool if I actually do it? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And uh, they, yeah, they accepted them, no problems, and and, and that's, that's it. That's your lineup now. Did we mention on the pod that like his first like audition thing was the uh, forty six and two baseline? Uh, we weren't recording yet, but yeah, that was his uh, thing. Yeah, he he wrote uh, forty six and two that baseline, which is um, above. You know, everyone says their favorite song is this, or favorite song is that. And, you know, it's like, it's always a revolving carousel of what your favorite songs are based on where you are in your life. Sure. Uh, but that song, 46 and 2, has been my favorite song um, yeah, probably for the last much 10 since years. Since that album came out, I think that's been. For me, like the last 10, 15 years. You know, yeah. it's like when I've started to, you know, zone in on about it and, like, you know, actually study the song and just, like, just have it on there. Uh, very good song, very good song. There's a lot of meaning behind that song too. Um, I don't know if you have you ever watched any uh, like reaction videos. You know, specific. There's a there's a there's a. No, I don't. I know is, that they're out there. And, there is you know. a category or a genre of black people listening to uh, yeah. metal songs. You know, and reacting to <laughs> yeah. them. Have you seen any uh, of those? Yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I, like you know, I don't sit there and watch them necessarily. No, but I, I just kind of, I just I go, to, I go through minute kinda, one and I go through yeah, minute like a couple seven seconds. And, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I peruse them and I've never seen one that they hated. You know, so like right. they must have known before beforehand and listened to it. And they're always like, their eyes wide. And yeah, they're, they're like, always like, oh, this shit slams. Yeah. <laughs> oh hell nah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no, he didn't. You know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be super stereotypical, but right. that's literally how the, the, the how the uh, videos are. The reaction videos are. The only um, bl- black people reaction videos is when they react to magicians. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best, <laughs> especially. <laughs> I feel racist talking about. Yeah, this, I know. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, but let's go know, back. To, it's a uh, thing. Uh, so it is know. a thing. It's black people it's reacting hilarious. to things. It, it, it is funny, you know. But it's like the out uh, on the street magician, you know. But I do like the the black people reacting to metal because like they haven't heard it, and it's like, well, I'm, or they have a preconceived notion of what it's that's even what about, I, or right. What it's that's probably going to be. That's what I was gonna get at. I saw this one, uh, and it was, there's a there's a, there's a lot of the uh, reaction videos by uh, by black people just you know reacting to rock music or heavy metal, and like uh, there was one about Master of Puppets, and they're like dissecting the lyrics, and they're mm-hmm. like, I think this is about drugs. This is about drugs. <laughs> I think it's about drugs. Chop your breakfast on the mirror. Oh, that's about drugs. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, and then they have a better appreciation once they notice the the, the feeling into it and like the uh, you know. Uh, actually listen to it rather than have this, like you said, pre- preconceived notion about you know what all metal music is about. You yeah, know? we're not all like black death metal. No, you know what I mean no. that's there's like beauty in metal. Kind of yeah. their first thing, you know. Anybody who doesn't know anything about metal really, they, yeah, it's hillbilly They feel music like they hear it or hate you know, music. Hear some yeah. kind of like super death, you know, right. metal and there's there, there so is many death metal out there, but yeah, but there's so many, you know facets of areas and 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 yeah categories of metal and mm-hmm. you know but this song i've seen on a lot of those channels and everyone loves this song that hears it there's even a school yeah. of rock version of this yeah, song that's very good uh, 46 and 2 and i'm going to play a little bit of it here in case any of us not heard it very good song one of my favorite songs of all time 46 and 2 by tool Even that opening bass riff. And I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's a six minute song, so mm. maybe we can put it on the background. Well, there's, I mean, can obviously just, you get through it, but the big thing is like, well, at least the big thing for me when I first heard it was like, you know, the drum right. part towards the end of it, so. Well, there's that. There's a bunch of different parts of this song. You know, you got your intro. It's it's like a, a it's a very wide ranging song as far as the tempo, the tone, the the heaviness, the you know the way they go about it. Mm-hmm. His little roto tens. <laughs> He's always like had his drum kit set up a little different all the time. You know, even now, like. I love how he has his set of hi-hats in front of him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's just... not to his sides anywhere. It's directly in front. Like, has just one set, and so he still has the ones on the, uh, on the side? Uh, mm, I think it's just the one set, but he could have a second well, one that somewhere. Makes sense. It's all remote, so his pedal's still here. It just has, right. like, a cable. Right. 
That makes sense. It's like a little more open handed mm -hmm. than your right hand. That makes sense. As a drummer, I, I would see that. So yeah, you can tell they get a they got a bit of a long intro for this song, but yeah, they do. That bass riff is just beautiful, you know. I yeah. think just just like the drum part where it brings you in, like do 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 do. Right, you know, yeah. just that tiny little mm -hmm. like very Phil Collins esque. Right? Yeah, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely echoes of Phil Collins. Like, do, do, do. And I get that in uh, Eulogy too. I get that in Eulogy too, and maybe we, I, I want to pull up Eulogy also because it's one of my favorite songs, and along with H, you know. No, H is what I'm talking about. I think is what. Let me turn that down a little bit. But um, my favorite album by Tool by far, I think. Um, Lateralis, I like, but like again, I, that's kind of the theme of uh, what we've been talking about in doing this uh, uh, podcast. Is like it's nostalgia, you know. At a certain point, I stopped listening to music. I started working more, focusing, and you know, trying to you know build my life. Lateralis time, right? Well, letters. I don't know when it came out. Two thousand two, two thousand three, or something. I'm You're asking. sure? Yeah, I'm asking <laughs> he's, you. He's asking me the years. Well, I can look it up right now, but that's, I'm, I, I don't really care. You know, the, the definite uh, year it came out. But two thousand one. Was it two thousand one? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it was like I started ninety six was. Enema, Enema. Enema, Enema, Onuma. Onuma. Undertow, 93. Yeah. Opiate, 92. Yes. Um, but yeah. yeah 10,000 Days was 2006, so right there, like, five that years. was, a, you know, five years between. Well, they were in a bunch of litigation in between yes. this album, or yeah. uh, Lateralis, or even between this album and Lateralis, and then Lateralis and uh, 10,000 Days. Uh, between uh, the record company not paying royalties, thinking they owned pretty much the all of Tool's catalog and and all that stuff, uh, which is bullshit. And, and I don't want to get into the ins and outs of the record industry because I don't have enough information in front of me, and I don't frankly know enough about it. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you could speak on it if you'd like to. Well, I think they kept a lot of it quiet. You know, even though it was a legal issue, you don't you don't want it to show like you know. The band a possible and... thing that maybe would break the band up. Right? right. You want to keep a lot of that as hush as possible because then people start worrying, like, oh man, is my band favorite band going to break up now? Yeah. Or, you know, even though that seems pretty meaningless to a listener's life, but, you know, to them, that was huge well, that's their income that's their livelihood you know but you know yeah it's yeah it's that's obviously a lot bigger to the band than it is to the listener <clears throat> yeah. but the listener and i would say most you know most listeners of a new band they're between the ages of 13 and 20 you know right. what i mean yeah, yeah, totally. so that kind of music hits you a, lo a lot differently in that age than it does at our age you know music means a lot more to you in your coming of age years than it does mm -hmm. you know anytime yeah, especially because like know? This is still the music I listen to now. Like, right. I don't... And I've heard that said before. It's yeah. like what you listen to when you're in your teenage years, you're going to be listening to the rest of your life, you know? Pretty much. And yeah, I'm doing it. There's only maybe a couple of bands that I still listen to. It's is like that drum part. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah, Everybody fucks this yeah. up. Of course. How could, you, how could you do that perfect, you know? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's, it's hard to get right. That's um, why he's the man. Exactly. That's why he's the man. And everyone tries to emulate him. And But you can't emulate him. You can't emulate emulate this band. Although I will say, 
The only um, person or band or whatever I've heard was this guy in Omaha. I've talked before when I moved when I was in Omaha. The guys next door, they were in a or one of the guys was in a band. He was the singer. He sounded just like Maynard. Yeah, it was it was crazy and uncanny. He was super talented. He played guitar too, and he was a chef. He was a chef at the Spanish restaurant. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> and now he owns a, a, a tattoo parlor in Omaha. I guess he's doing really good. Omega Point Tattoo. Check it out if you're in Omaha. Uh, he never liked me, but I still felt he was a talented guy. <laughs> uh, that Johnny's a real asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I still appreciate the dude. And uh, but uh, he, but yeah, I thought he was super talented and, and blah blah blah. That's how like uh, the band when the band uh, Ten Years first came out. A lot of people said they sounded like Tool, even though they didn't at all. I don't know. I think it was band. mostly the singer just, you know, had a very Maynard esque similar voice. voice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like you're gonna you're gonna run into people that sound like you. You know, yeah. it's like you're not like as much as we all want to believe we're you know a snowflake, one of one in a billion. You know, it's like there's gonna be that someone that looks like you, sounds like you, talks like you, whatever it is. Right? You know? Eventually, you know, you may not run into him the first ten years of your career, but. They're gonna show up eventually, and maybe they'll, uh, you know, it's gonna be a Mozart and Salieri uh, situation where you're gonna get murdered by them. You know? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you never know, man. Uh, but here's another track off of Anima, 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 Unima that I really like. Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Again, starting with the bass, you know, uh, distorted bass. You really oh, impacted uh, this album, you know. Chance, Justin Chancellor, yeah. Mm -hmm. I say the bass really impacts this band. It has a very predominant bass sound. Yeah, absolutely. They do a lot of chords on the bass. It's really strong. Good. And I think Maynard's voice goes really well with the bass, you know, rather than uh, with, the, with the guitar, you know. Like they almost, you know, bouncing up each other rather than, mm -hmm. you know, like... I can't say like a fill in the dime bag with, with, with the voice on the guitar, you know. This is like such a good groove. It is. Very good. And that angelic voice, man, mm -hmm. I tell you. It's just called H. Is it about heroin? I never looked up the meanings of this song in the lyrics, but it's a good, good groove. <laughs> I know I feel like just... Laying back, taking some H. Chasing some, <laughs> <Chasing> some dragons. Butter and jelly, ham, no burger. Opposite things, I guess. Hold on, let me commandeer my mic back. That's an old Martin joke. Uh, ham and burger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll never have two. Oh wait, no, that's from Friday. You never have two things. That are the same. 
I've seen that movie a thousand times. Uh, I don't remember no ham, no burger. Yeah, when he talks <laughs> when he gets mad because there's no sugar for the Kool-Aid oh, okay, and there's no yeah, milk yeah, for yeah, the yeah, cereal. Yeah. Like ham, like, no burger. No, never got you. Yeah, it was like Smokey, I think that said it. <laughs> I guess we can let that keep playing. Ham, no burger. And there's only one more. Uh, there's only one more song I want to play off of this, and this is kind of their seminal, or it's the titular song off of the album. Don't show up with your words. Well, you gotta be all lettering into him on me and shit. <laughs> and it is like the, I believe it's the final. I don't know if it's the final uh, video by Fredster. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's the final one, but it's about California and how it's the rot of California and how oh, everyone sure, goes yeah. there. And yeah, it's you yeah, know the lyrics are really song, good. Yeah. I'm gonna look up the lyrics and kind of I'm, I'm you know I, I think it, the lyrics are really good on that song. Uh, so I'm gonna look. Isn't them that up. one based off? Isn't that the one that's the lyrics are a lot of like uh, uh, the Bill Hicks. Uh, Maybe I'm not sure. Or like, yeah, they want California to float off into the right. Yeah, and there's something the about that Bay. I can't. It's yeah. Arizona Bay. That's the Bill Hicks part of it. But yeah. I'm gonna read the lyrics here uh, for a second. Um, but I gotta sort something out. Yeah, Arizona Bay is the uh, bit that this song was. Uh, Do you uh, know the name of the song? Based what's off. The, what's the name of the song again? Uh, it's the title track. It's the. Anima. Oh, okay. It's the title track. Okay. Yeah. Some say the end is near. Some say we'll see Armageddon soon. I certainly hope we will. I sure could use a vacation from this bullshit three-ring circus sideshow of freaks. Here in this hopeless fucking hole we call L.A., <laughs> the only way to fix it is to flush it all away. Any fucking time, any fucking day, learn to swim. I'll see you down in Arizona Bay. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's great. And That's they a go, great fucking song, too. Man. It, 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 it rocks. I want to yes. say it's one of the... It's not the heaviest, because there's that D.I.R. Von Satin song on, on the album where it's just like the cake Jesus. recipe yeah, the, in, Jer in yeah, German. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And, I couldn't uh, remember if it was cake or brownies or something. It's some, it's some like kind the of eggs of Satan, you know. And some kind of recipe. Had, before anyone knew what it meant, there was all kinds of speculation yeah. about what it was. It's Nazi, like satanic Nazi yeah. German bullshit, uh -huh. yeah. Um, but yeah, and, which and, it does. <laughs> you know, there's no getting around. It sounds like that. it sounds like a Hitler speech. A Hitler speech, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think that was the intended. Uh, yeah, intended impl it's hilarious. Impact, you know, um, but yeah, he goes into you know the worries of everyone in LA. Fret for your figure. Fret for your latte. Fret for your lawsuit. Fret for your hairpiece and your Prozac and your pilot, your contract and your car. It's a bullshit three ring circus sideshow of freaks. Here in this hopeless. Fucking hole we call L.A. The only way to fix it is to flush it all away. Any fucking time, any fucking day. Learn to swim. I'll see you down in Arizona Bay. Some say a comet will fall from the sky. Followed by meteor showers and tidal waves. Followed by fault lines that cannot sit still. Followed by millions of dumbfounded dumb shits that's... <laughs> dumbfounded dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> Some say the ends is near. Some say we'll see Armageddon soon. Yeah. And I want to say this is like one of the more so the uh, the more clearer songs you can kind of recognize the lyrics in. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm sure everyone's all heard this. Learn to swim. I love that. Fuck L. Ron Hubbard and fuck all his clones. Fuck all these gun-toting hip gangster wannabes. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that though. I never saw the fuck L. Ron Hubbard. No, I don't there. think I've heard L. Ron. Hubbard. It's straight up, yeah. Fuck you, Scientology. <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck retro anything. Hey, he's talking about us. Yep. Fuck your tattoos. Fuck all you junkies and fuck your short memories. <laughs> well, but retro back in the 90s was... Uh, yeah, 70s. <laughs> 70s. And, uh, the, the good old boy days <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of, of uh, Silver uh, Silvertown. Now they Tinseltown. fall into retro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed they do. Mm-hmm. As uh, exampled by us. But yeah, this song is a, one of my favorites. You know, it, it, it's really up there. I love it. I love the the message of fuck all your vanity bullshit. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you want. And if you don't, we're going to wish you into the fucking ocean. <laughs> you know? Let's pray for tidal waves. We're going to pray for rain. Pray for Armageddon. Bye, you fake hip gangster <laughs> fucking wannabes. Yeah, I love that. I really do. And then um, what? They go another... Five years before they put out Lateralis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, I did not look up Lateralis because it was like the end of my music listening. It's like my music listening kind of ends at 2000. Still good. That, that one definitely it was has a, a I own it. A like, handful I bought of it. good ones, yeah. And but it wasn't the ones I played on, on <clears throat> loops, you know, like this one, you know. Yeah, I think what's, you know, they really push the big thing of this is where they find, like, the artist for the band. So... Uh, the next couple albums, they utilize like the same artist who, if you see like, you know, the uh, cover of Lateralis, like there's those little eyeballs and he's, they're very much into like the yeah, soul the of a human and very like, uh, well, you know, they're what, all on like the same page basically. Right. And that's what the 46 and 2 is about. It's like the shadow gene, you know, and they go deep into a lot of philosophy. Oh yeah, dude. And all I was stuff. like. My eyes were it's over crossing. my head, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it's what? over my head. What? But I'd like to learn more about it if I had the time, but I don't, and then yeah. it is what same it is. Same with 10,000 Days, same guy. He was doing a different type of art, so that's why I like that cover. It, it has that, like, thing where it looks like there's, like, three faces in one. And, right, yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. uh, he kind of, like, Egyptian type of uh, thing, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure the disc, you know, the, the actual disc of lateralis is like a saw blade with eyeballs are all the mm-hmm. way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah, that one had a really awesome you uh, know, booklet. booklet. And that was like probably the most like impressive um, CD from those guys, I think, as far as uh, the artwork and the, uh, the laying stuff. Because I think even with... Inema, I think they tried to do some sort of 3D thing. Yeah, they like, had the holographic thing. Uh, where yeah, like the guy sucking his own dick, or Googles, Maynard sucking like, his own dick on, yeah. the, on the cover. You know, just got to, oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool for sure. And then they had the, yeah, the eyeball that would go from corner to corner. That's their big thing. Like when they, they, they put just as much thought into what they're. Mm-hmm. You know, booklets and, and all that shit is going to be. Yeah, they, they're putting out a product. You know, let's make no mistake. You know, they are putting out a product, but. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make it as artistic as possible, you know, and put everything they have into every aspect of whatever they're putting out. Yeah. And there's a lot of bands out there. There's a lot of artists out there, whatever. It's just like, all right, here's my songs. Do what you want with it. Package it how you want. Right. You know, exactly. Do this, you yeah. Know, slap someone else's name on it, whatever. It's like. And that's where it comes into, like, again, they have a lot of control over their art and. They have a lot of integrity, you know. They, yeah. they, they they're one of the few bands that, you know, that have that much integrity that, like, they, they have utmost control of what they do. Yeah, and their guitar um, player is, like, a known, like, massive uh, makeup artist and effects artist. And yeah, we, he's been on, like, Ray Jurassic Stones, Park yeah, and he's done uh, Terminator <laughs> and, like, 
He's, you know, has this huge career and he's in one of the biggest bands in the world. Like mm-hmm. that guy is just talent. Yeah. He doesn't even scenes, need this band. He can just scene, continue. It yeah. It's super impressive, but yeah. And I think that's why I like them. They're, they have integrity. They're true artists and, uh, the, you can't really talk shit about them. No one can talk shit about them except for, you know, not releasing their, <laughs> yeah, it's the, you know, going 10 years without putting yeah, out something. That's really all I can say, but they do other <clears> side <throat> projects in between that. So if you really appreciate them an artist, go follow that. Yeah. And part, you know, Maynard too, when he did a perfect circle, you know, it was with his roommate. Uh, he was a good, he was guitar tech too, right? And for, a guitar for tech for tool. And, uh, they just that's, you know, happen to be like, Brody. let's make a, you know, <laughs> let's do a band like tools, not doing anything. They're going through all this litigation and shit. Right. And he had no intention that it was going to be anything more than just like maybe putting out an album and then just maybe touring a little bit, mm-hmm. but instead it blew up. Right. Mm-hmm. And Judith and he basically sat down with the band and was like, you know, it's so big. Like I have to kind of give it its due. Right for and the I other have members to tour the with yeah. these guys to to do it, and I owe yeah. it to them. This is their right. shot at something, and so I owe it to them. Yeah, died huge. I think even their second album was pretty big too. I believe so as yeah. well. Yeah. So as long as Maynard was cont- uh, a part of it, I'm sure it was going to blow up. You know, yeah, like, which blows my mind because I'm like, you really didn't think it was going to go huge? Your name's on it, right? Mm-hmm. You're from Tool. one of the biggest bands in the world, <laughs> right. dude. Like. And he of doesn't course. like to, I don't think he likes to admit that, you know, yeah. I think he down, he downplays Tool and he downplays all his art, but he still has the integrity to put out what he thinks is the, you know, the best product he can get, he can put out there. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, his other ventures. You know, he's a big MMA guy. He's, you know, like I said, he's wine. He's friends with Joe Rogan. He put out a documentary. He owns vineyards in Arizona. Vineyards, yeah. Uh, he's big into wine. Like, if you watch any of his episodes with uh, Joe Rogan, he's big yeah, into There's a whole uh, documentary. I think it's on Netflix. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. I forget, it's the name of, I forget, oh, man, I, I knew the name of his vineyard, and it had some significance to Tool. Or something in it. No, no, no. Really? I think it's his mom. I think it's, it's named... His mom's oh, really? name is Judith. I know Judith was was uh, named after his mom. But I think there's something uh, in the vineyard. The name of the vineyard is very close to him. And then I apologize mm. to him because I don't remember it. Because I only read it once. Uh, but, you know, that's him. You know, he puts everything um, that is significance... That has significance to him in his artwork, in his art, you know. That's crazy too. Like even if you're like somebody that enjoys wine and is like, you know, I feel like I'm very knowledgeable in wine and all this stuff. Who thinks to go to the next step and be like, I'm gonna make a vineyard? You know, I well, mean, that, that is like dollars. really, <laughs> you know. But it's, <laughs> if you like it and uh, you, you're interested, and it's like. Look at how many guys start their own, you know, home brewery, and then it turns into yeah, that's true. Turns into a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a warehouse space that's and try to do it here. Then you know, and that's how businesses start. You know, I got start a very small. close friend and bass player did the same thing you're just talking about. Yeah, and now he has his own place and sells his own beer. And... Yeah, so it begins. You got a love of something, and then yeah. you. Uh, and that's how they say yeah, you're supposed to make money, much like you drumming or anyone else's passion. It's like turn your passion into your job, and yeah. you know you make money. Yes, it's going to be harder than any other job that you're going to have. You're going to be working twelve truth. hours days. You're going to be working, you know, twenty four seven. But eventually, you're going to you know reap the fruits of your reward or rewards of your whatever I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> reap the fruits of your reap labor. The fruits <laughs> of the vineyard. 
You're going to reap the fruits of your labor. That's what I meant to say. Gotcha. Uh, anything else to say about uh, our one of our favorite bands, Tool? Uh, they're definitely in my top five. Um, yeah, I think they're in my top five bands. Me too. Um, mostly just because of how uh, influenced I am by Danny Carey. Um, but not, you know, to put down any of the... Uh, the talent of the other members because no. without all of them you know you, you got just a drummer you know so well you know uh, more than anybody it's like a band is just as you know as uh you know it, it's you know the the efforts of everybody in there it's not just yeah, one yeah. guy you know sacrifice and everything mm-hmm. and yeah uh just one of my favorites again like some of the songs we played just hearing them even just now, but obviously I've been listening, you know, throughout our, you know, bits of kind of getting everything back in our heads. And, right. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I've man, had, those songs are so damn good. They are. Like, uh, and then some of them get stuck in your head. Like, I've had prison, like the most disturbing song that I have, Prison Sex. <laughs> prison Sex. It's been in my head for the last two fucking weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep getting the damn it. Blood sheet and come on my hand. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, God, stop saying that. You sound <laughs> just like him, dude. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, at any rate, it's, they, they're a band that can get in your head. They can get in your head. Uh, they're very talented. Um, you know, they have a very dedicated fan base, uh, much to their detriment, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, Tool fans are very, very uh, fanatical. Um, they have a lot of. I don't want to say Fairweather, but like, you know, kind of neutral fans. People are like, yeah, I like that band, but I'm not like following them across the country like some dead, Grateful Dead fan or yeah. whatever, you know. But, well, um, too, I mean, those their shows ain't cheap either. So you got to be kind of be a fan to go. Oh, really? You know, because it's like, you know. What is a $100 like ticket other, or something? Oh, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm sure if it's standing room, that's a different story. But that's not even a ticket. I'll never go to a standing yeah. room. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> It's the worst position to be in in any any show. Why bother going unless you're going to shell out, you know? Yeah. And if it's a hundred bucks and you want to see, and they're it. very strict. Like you know, they don't let anybody backstage, and like you know, well, good for them. Um, it's like this like is keep your phones. You know, I know that there's like they have a thing where it's like obviously they can only enforce it so much, but it's like keep all your phones, you know, put away. Right at the end. We allow you to, we'll play a song and you can take all the video and pictures. You want, oh, really? Is you that know? what they do? Yep. Well, and I know it's like now at comedy shows, they have like, I don't know if it's like a lockbox or it a is, bag. Yeah, or it's something. like a bag with a lock and then they, they lock it and they give it back to you, but you're holding it, but it's just a bag. You can't even pull it out. Oh, okay. I think Dave Chappelle kind of started that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. I was listening to Joe Rogan. He does it at his shows. Yeah, like, good yeah. for them. They don't want people stealing their, yeah. you know, their there's, material and yeah, there's leaking a couple shit of, at their shows. There's a couple of uh, uh, rooms that, you know, only do that. So some of those bigger comedians really like those places. Yeah, but how are you going to do that in, like, Madison Square Garden or something like that? Yeah, like, <laughs> you can't. I got two phones, motherfucker. That's why I said, like, you can only enforce as much. Because, right. Because, I mean, look at YouTube. I wouldn't, I'm never one of those guys. Like, I'm never going to sit there. And I've never been that. It's like I'm taking pictures no. at a show. Yeah. Like, the last Guar show I went to in, like, 2013, I had, like, this... 
iPhone 4 or something, yeah. and I took a bunch of pictures. They're grainy and shitty, but it's like I thought Guar gives a shit if I took a bunch of pictures about their and show. And honestly, you know? like, how many times are you going to sit there and, like, look back? Reminisce. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the Guar show I went to. A lot to. of people just put it up because they want to give proof that they were there. Right, yeah. It's a That's social it. media thing. It's a social media thing. Yeah, so. unless you got, you know, some crazy shit that some comedian says that, you know, yeah. praising Hitler or something. <laughs> you know? But this recent tour that Tool's done... There are some pretty good YouTube videos of like a whole, like uh, a whole show. Really, I, I, so they're I really good to watch. My fucking lips again. But, uh, <laughs> I follow a guy on Twitter, and uh, for the audience, I'm trying not to smack my lips so much when I talk. I'm noticing it while uh, I'm recording, and I'm like, God, stop smacking your stupid lips, you stupid lip smacking prick. Um, but a inside uh, studio there. Yeah, inside baseball in the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I follow a guy on Twitter who went to the one in D.C. and he said it was really, really good. He was mm-hmm. very happy with it. Um, aside from traffic, but you know, we all get older and hate traffic. Uh, now I watch all my shows on YouTube because somebody went there and recorded it. So <laughs> that's, <good>. funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Too old to be all like, crammed into someplace. <laughs> Anything else to say about Tool, my friend? No, I think that's it. Um, I think we yeah. covered them pretty well. Yeah, we covered it pretty good. I mean, I know like uh, we didn't really get into ten thousand days that much. I no. know yeah, I'm for sure the you most part uh, they recorded with somebody new, and you know, it was uh, they had a few hits on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but it wasn't my favorite album by any means. But it's no, still and, good in its own way. And that, I think that's why I stick to the my favorite albums, you know, because none of the later ones are going to be yeah. my favorite albums. You know, there's always the, the, the thing that we've always talked about is that later albums are never going to be it because they can't capture the thing in their youth. They can't capture that, you know, magic in a bottle that they had in their right. first, second, or third album. And albums. you, like, as a listener, you don't have the same ears that you did when you were young, when you're older. Good point. You know, so... Everything changes regardless. You, know, you, the band, everything. Well, right on, brother. Very good <laughs> Is insight. Is it too deep? <laughs> no, very good insight. Not too deep at all. That's the stuff I'm looking for. for right. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, please check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. Uh, please share it with a friend. And again, thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Don't forget about our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you.